the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. It's 4.02 on AM 560 WFIL. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. Welcome aboard. Forecast today on the cloudy side, some sunshine here and there still for the rest of the afternoon. Humid. High peaking out at 83, and then uh, just getting cloudy tonight. Might get some drizzle. A little shower action, 70 to low. Tomorrow looks to be one of those days where you grab a hot co- a hot coffee or a cup of tea and watch the rainfall. It's supposed to have a number of showers and thunder showers and a high of 78 for tomorrow. Last night, Flyers lost 8-2 to two to San Jose in their home opener, hoping for better things tonight as they take to the road against Ottawa. Uh, Red Sox knocked off the Yankees to win their uh, division series in the American League. So there are four teams left in the quest for the World Series. The uh, Yank- uh, the Red Sox, I should say, are at the Astros, or the Astros are playing on Saturday. Uh, but on Friday, before that, the Dodgers are at Milwaukee. And the Sixers start their season up. It's coming Tuesday on the road at Boston. I want to remind you, as we shared with you yesterday, WFIL has a pretty cool contest going on right now. It's called Share Your Story. And I should emphasize, this is something very simple. You don't have to do a long thing for it. But we'd like to take out your smartphone or your mobile device and record a short message, say 30 seconds or less, of how WFIL has made a direct and positive impact on your life. Just do like a selfie kind of you know video thing or however you want to do it. Have someone film you, whatever it is. But 30 seconds or less. Just keep it real short. Uh, it might be about a program you've heard on the air. Let's say you listen to In Touch in the Morning with Dr. Charles Stanley or, or Adrian Rogers and Love Worth Finding. Or there are many other programs you could be, be sharing about. That's something that you heard that taught you something, that challenged you. Uh, it could be something that just encouraged you. Maybe you won a prize. Maybe you're one of the people who won Six Flags tickets recently, and that just brightened your day. And that was one reason that you appreciate the radio station. Whatever you want to do, just uh, record that little message. Then go to our site, WFIL.com. You would do it through your phone and just post it there. There's a quick way you can do that. And that's one reason you want to keep the video short to make it easy to post. Um, and and then you can be not only encouraging, you know, encouraging the station, give us some feedback that way, but also as a thank you for taking your time uh, to time to share your story. You'll be entered to win an Apple iPad Pro and an Apple Pencil, which is a pretty cool deal. I should clarify, it's not if you have the most amazing testimony or you don't have to have great lighting. It can be very organic. You could be out in the street, you know, wherever you happen to be, sitting in your car and just tape a little video. Uh, So it's not based on how dramatic it is or how eloquent you are or how well produced it is. It's just the fact that you took time to uh, share your story with us. So if you want a little more insight before you actually do it, WFIL.com is where you would go. Enter the keyword story, and you can get all the de- uh, details that way. And then you can, again, share your story right through your phone or your mobile device. Uh, we're going to take a very brief break, and then we're going to come back. I want to let you know, uh, yesterday we had David Peterson, who's a gentleman originally from Detroit, now lives in our area. His wife, Andre Sue Peterson, who writes for World Magazine. They were sharing, you know, his te- he was doing most of the talking yesterday, his testimony about how the Lord worked in his life, including growing up in the church, 
but not fully understanding or really embracing the core of the gospel, including the idea of you know having a personal relationship with Jesus, not just hearing uh, about thoughts about God, but actually a one-on-one relationship. And um, going on to his years as a young teenager, starting to search for meaning in other places, uh, including uh, other religions and philosophies, through drug use for quite some time, which ultimately landed David in jail. Uh, he robbed a pharmacy with a gun that had no bullets. He just wanted to get some drugs, did not know that in Michigan— it's actually a felony to even pretend you have a gun. Like, you just put your hand in your pocket and use your, your pointer finger or whatever, index finger, or whatever. I never get those right. But, yeah, you just pretending you have a gun in your pocket, that's a felony in Michigan, and that gets you jail time. He actually had a real gun, no bullets, but that wound up uh, having him go to jail. So as the program went along yesterday, it became evident we just needed more time to hear this story Yesterday was a lot of the time before jail and kind of into jail. And now, today, we want to delve more into what the Lord uh, did at that time and how he has been at work, including a crazy story about meeting his wife, Andre, who, as mentioned, is a columnist for World Magazine, similar to Time or Newsweek, except from a Christian worldview. That's all coming up right after our break here on AM 560 WFIL. It's the Tim DeMoss Show podcast, available at WFIL.com. Thanks for listening. 409 AM 560 WFIL. It's the Tim DeMoss Show. Thank you for listening in. So, uh, David Peterson, as I mentioned before the break, with us. And his wife, Andre Sue Peterson. Hello. Hello. Thanks for being here. (laughs) Hello. Glad you're in. We've had quite a ride so far hearing your story, primarily David. A little bit of Andre Spice on the side. But mostly, very little. <laughs> letting letting David do this this primary the speaking because you're sharing about what God has been doing in your life over the years. Um, and it's been an amazing ride, and there there are plenty of things you could share. So I don't know if you've blogged or uh, your your wife is is very gifted at writing. You yes, know, she is. You've got your editor right there. Have you guys talked about that? Um, I don't think we ever no. have very seriously. <laughs> no. Andre we have other writing own. projects in mind, but not that. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Andre has worked uh, worked with World Magazine for a lot of years, right? 20. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. You still doing some writing once in a while, or how is that? Oh, yeah, I'm still okay. employed there. Okay. Yeah. Well, it was actually Andre working at the magazine that was instrumental in the two of us coming together. Uh, really? Initially, yeah. Okay. I was, I guess, about halfway through the... 12-year bit that I was doing in prison, Andre had written an article on AA, interestingly enough, and she didn't have a a full perspective on what AA is. She had visited, uh, attended a meeting, and kind of gleaned a lot of stuff from that. I don't know how much research she put into it. And having been there with my mother to AA meetings. Okay. So some familiarity, but there were some things that I actually took issue with. I've been ah. in and out of <laughs> AA. That's right. I'm going to move this a little closer to you, just slightly. There you go. A little flatter. There you go. You're great. Okay. Okay. So, so you guys were already fighting before you met. <laughs> <laughs> well, in in one sense. But it was very congenial. Yeah. Um, so you're getting World World Magazine yes, was coming to yeah. when I when I, I went into prison, in, if you include the the year in the county jail, I went into prison in the first week of the new millennium. Wow. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think it was uh, January the 5th of 2000. So in 2001, my father got me a subscription to World Magazine. Okay. My father is a pastor. He got me a subscription. So I'd been reading it for about five, six years. Okay. And just as a parenthesis, and Andre, you could speak to this briefly, like uh, World Magazine's been around for how many years? Oh, from the 80s it started as a children's uh, teaching tool. Really? And developed into the adult side of it after, yeah. When people a ask... news magazine. Yeah, when people, people ask me, I just say it's kind of like, you know, it looks like, time, it looks like time. Yeah. Really. Time Newsweek. It's, yeah, it's the third largest uh, national weekly news magazine. A distant third or fourth after those big ones. Yeah, but still. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. It is. And they, and they cover, I've, you know, we've, we've subscribed to it and we've had a lot of... A lot of good articles in it and well yeah. thought out, and but from a Christian worldview. Okay, so you were getting World Magazine in prison, and you saw something Andre wrote? Yes, and I had always liked Andre's articles probably more than any other in the magazine. So I would typically turn to her page. Back page, wasn't yes, it? Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know you're would, good when you're on the back, right? You're not buried somewhere <laughs> in the middle. Yeah, well, that that impressed me. Yes. But what impressed me more was her writing skills, her knack for wordsmithing. There was something unique about her style that I hadn't encountered in a lot of other magazines. She usually had a very fresh twist on things or a perspective that I might not have thought through myself. Hmm. Uh, So I, I really liked to read Andre's articles, and the one that finally really caught my attention with respect to a, a kind of disagreement, because I was usually usually on board with whatever she was writing about, but the one on AA, uh, I took some issue with. 19 pages, single-spaced, <laughs> typing on an old typewriter issue with me. Yeah. Nineteen page yeah. letters. I, yes, I dispute that. It's I like, think it was no, no, more no. around. It's like World 12. Magazine, uh, the auxiliary. Copy. I have it. <laughs> I almost quit after page one and a half, and then and then he started saying something interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> after the introduction, I guess. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So Had you written Andre before? Did she know who you no, were? That she was no it. Idea. November wow. two thousand six. See parentheses again. Typical human being you know if you like it you don't say anything if you don't like it you say something <laughs> yeah, yeah right, i liked right. your writing for That's six fun. years or whatever yeah. Yeah. compliment at once <laughs> we back Hand back to the our, truth yeah, yeah. so w- w- yeah. what did you uh, say in those 19 pages get that published well you know i shared actually i guess she says she still has uh, oh, the yeah. letter I don't think it's 19. I think it's about 11 or 12 pages. No. But oh, Okay. No. We, we have a disagreement on that. But I actually shared, because it was about AA, and I had a lot of experience with both AA and NA, so I, I was sharing out of my own experience with Andre and kind of sharing my testimony at the same time and I think some of the maybe fallacies that that I saw in her impression of AA, which I don't need to really go into in depth here. But th- the bottom line was AA is, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, and, and I mean that sincerely, AA is not what it once was. Mm-hmm. It was founded as a very 
gospel-oriented Christian organization. Hmm. The founders used to have it started out with three steps rather than the 12, and the three steps were uh, all about getting on your knees, and they literally had you do that, and and asking for God's help and accepting him. So it was hmm. it was really a salvation that occurred at the very beginning. Hmm. Over the years, that became too exclusive or too... Too much for people, maybe, so to speak, well, or yes. whatever, but yeah. you can see and, how. And, you know, a lot of atheists coming into the program or of other religions, and they wanted to be more accommodating to the masses, and so they toned down the Christian aspect of it, and now yeah. it became, uh, has become a God as we understand him, or a higher power. At any rate, I wrote the letter to Andre, never expecting that I would hear from her, but in fact, about a half week later, I received a letter from her. I don't know. How, what was your impression, Andre? Uh, you managed to change my mind. I was edified. I was corrected. Uh, and I saw a deeper spiritual dimension to it than I had noticed before. Hmm. The reason I had been friendly toward AA was because, as many people will tell you when they go in there, especially if they're Christians, they keep it real in there. They talk about sin in a real way, like like it's a real enemy, and it's what you would hope to find in the church, like this uh, this uh, sense of the reality of the dilemma we find ourselves in and the need for God and the need for help. And that's hmm. that's what you find at AA. That's what impresses people who go there. So I was maybe over-the-top friendly toward it without having seen some of the other sides of it that you brought to light for me. David Peterson, his wife, Andre Sue Peterson, our guest today, part two of two in their story, as it turns out. Back with more in just a minute. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. David Peterson sharing the story of how the Lord helped him overcome a severe drug addiction, which landed him in prison some years ago. If you're just tuning in, David had been reading World Magazine during the early days of his incarceration. He'd written Andre Sue at the time, uh, a columnist, about an article she'd written. And uh, so, you know, what what did Andre write back? What what happened from that point on, David? What was the deal? So she wrote back a letter informing me that she wanted to do a, another take at this topic, a second article, and... Is that common, Andre? No, no, I've never done that. That's the only article I've written in 20 years, two takes on the same subject. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And she said, and I would like to quote from your letter extensively. And she was asking my permission, which I thought was interesting because I wouldn't think she would need permission to do that. But it was thoughtful. And I wrote back and granted permission, but then... I said, actually, you can use anything you want from the letter. That's that's fine. Then a few days later, I received another letter from Andre. And she was the one who came up with an idea that since you know so much, me, uh, about this subject, why don't I just give you the column and you can write it and I'll put it in my, my spot in the magazine. Mm. Well, I wasn't so thrilled about writing an article that was kind of oppositional to things she had written or 
Or to AA as, you know, right. I, I'm not an anti-AA person, but just in my experience. How it shifted. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Another parenthesis, I have a, a good friend who did go to AA, and when I, when I first met him, he was really struggling a lot. And that was part of how he's really, truly converted now. Hmm. Um, that was part of his story, but it was not, and it's not, he wouldn't say that was the only thing, but he said yes. that was a regular part of, and as we talked, we actually had Bible study together as part of what was going on, even if it was just the accountability, actually was a good thing and regularity. Yes. And also helping other people, you know, bringing, picking somebody else up and taking them. That's right. Also, it was good. But again, your, your main point about how it changed in the early days is, you know, well yes. taken. So. And, and, no disparaging of AA. That's not my intention. Right. You know, hundreds of thousands or millions probably of people have been helped through that program right. and have even found God through the program. So yeah. I don't have any, any uh, brief against, against AA. But in my experience, I guess, and I'm sidetracking a little bit here, but what I found was that in trying to deal with my drug addiction, I got so involved with the therapeutic end of it that I kind of lost my direct um, connection with the Lord. And these were times when I was sober, in particular when I was working at the substance abuse center. I got very much into the whole recovery mode and going to conferences and meetings and it can become very um, overwhelming in your life. So many things going on and trying to, to do all of these different activities. And there was a, somebody who explained it for himself to me as this. His life used to revolve around a bottle, and now it revolves still around that bottle, but he's not drinking it. He's you know, it's sitting there at, at the table, and he's talking yeah. about it rather than imbibing. So, right. And this central. business about at every meeting saying, hi, I'm David, I'm an alcoholic. I think you, in the letter, you repudiated that identity because yes. you said you were a new creation in Christ. So That's right. That was the biggest problem that I had was the continuing to call myself a drug addict when, in fact, God had delivered me from my drug addiction, you know, at a certain yeah. point, and to continue to identify with the old me. Paul says we're to put off the old and put on the new. We're to walk in newness of life. Yeah. And so how can you continue to call yourself an alcoholic or a drug addict? I mean, that means you're addicted to drugs. You can see both the sides of it where people are trying to make sure they don't forget where they came from or, or keep you humble if that's right. part of the reason. Just right. like now, you say, I'm a sinner. I am still a sinner, but I'm a child of God, and my identity is not I'm a sinner. Because you can also get into the wrong, like, well, I'm a sinner. You know, how much, how much growth can I expect because I'm stuck in this body until I mm -hmm. die? It's always going to be kind of a little bit of a cloud over your life. Like, no, you don't have to, you don't have to be bound by that anymore. Such but you a don't want to be huge issue, right? That's right. Right. Yeah. So it's not easy to talk. Yeah, but it's good to talk through that sort of thing. So, yes. but now, so Andre's column is how many words? Seven hundred. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm guessing that 19 pages down to 700 words would also not have been appealing to you, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, but what what happened as far as okay? That? So yeah, I wrote Andre, told her that she was welcome to use anything. 
that she wanted out of the article. She wrote me back telling me that she would just as soon have me write the article. I wrote her back saying, no, I don't want to do that. But, you know, if you want to use, if you want to quote me from the letter, that that's fine. And she wrote back. And this actually began a correspondence that never ended. It was very regular. And at first, you know, beyond the, the subject of AA, it it kind of developed into just finding about, out about each other, sharing our testimonies. Um, this is, at this point, six years into my prison stint, I was walking very seriously with the Lord. He had taken me through a lot of hard places, and I had learned quite a bit about myself as much as the Lord, but that was through him. So... I guess there was some good stuff that Andre was feeding off of that the Lord had taught me. And so the the correspondence was really filled with a lot of, in one sense, theological thought, but in another sense, practical kind of theology. Mm-hmm. Stuff that was just real and what I was going through, what she was going through. And as it turned out, my wife had divorced me prior to going into prison. And Andre had been married, and her husband had passed when he was, what, 40? 1999. So the same year that Andre's partner died, mine divorced me, and it was in the same month. Wow. Yeah. So we had both, at this time, been... A real loss at the same point in your history. Had gone through the same kind of experience of loss and grief and all of that, uh, seven years to the point where we met each other. So that even the, the fact that it had been seven years was kind of significant yeah. because that's a number of completion or fullness in Scripture. So I guess one of the things that excited me about Andre was her, her mind for the Lord, her love of the things of the Lord. She was ever talking about the Lord. And I think that out of these discussions, maybe uh, some material developed for articles. Mm-hmm. To put the, all this in context, we spent a lot of time talking about David's life and how God saved him from addiction. But what's interesting to me is the way God weaves two lives together. And I'm sure your listeners all have experience in that, too, is if, as they look at their lives and see how their lives were woven with other people's lives. So for me, this correspondence with David became a kind of school in spirituality. My own faith was maybe a little bit dry, and so when I came into contact with someone who was living in very conscious relationship with God, a desperate uh, need for God, um, that was very appealing to me, and my faith grew as I was in correspondence with David, and and it became a thing that fed my writing as I tried to walk in what he was talking about and found new um, uh, a newness in my relationship with God. Yeah. David Peterson, Andre Sue Peterson with us today, telling part two of their story yesterday. More about David's path growing up, searching for God, falling into drug use and addiction uh, and prison, and meeting Andre through her cor- writing, and she still does, for World Magazine Going to take a quick break and then see, as Andre was just saying there, how the Lord wove their relationship together. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL. Live and local. 
It's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. It's 434 AM 560 WFIL, Tim DeMoss Show. Thank you for listening in. Forecast the rest of the afternoon heading into the evening. Just kind of cloudy, a little sunshine still. And as that fades, we may get some drizzle tonight or a shower. Low dropping to 70. Tomorrow, a lot of clouds, a few showers and thunder showers likely. Personally, that's one of my favorite kind of days. I just find rain, like heavy rain, relaxing. I don't know what it is, but I'm looking forward to tomorrow and get a hot cup, a hot cup of coffee and watch the rain fall between doing emails and that kind of thing. 78 the high tomorrow. Uh, Flyers are hoping to win tonight after last night. Well, I hope to win every night, but last night they lost 8-2 to San Jose. Uh, they're at Ottawa tonight. Boston beat the Yankees 4-3 in a real good game, and uh, they move on now to the American League Championship Series against Houston. That starts Saturday. Uh, the Dodgers and Milwaukee play Friday to start the National League Championship Series. And the Sixers are dribbling the basketball in the wings, getting ready to take uh, on Boston. Their next opponent will be uh, this coming Tuesday, starting the season uh, regular season on the road. So um, yesterday we had in David Peterson and Andre Sue Peterson, his wife, and we shared more about the, David's testimony and that sort of thing. The whole thing really is how God works. And but we've, we, you know, we we've been talking and hearing about David's search for the Lord, uh, falling into drug use, addiction, going to prison. Uh, we've heard about all those sorts of things. So I think it's time for us to get to the uh, the boy meets girl part. What happened? Well, so at some point, and I would say it was rather early on in the relationship, I started having feelings for Andre that yeah. went beyond just a sister-in-Christ type experience. Yeah. I guess romantic would probably be the best way to say it. But I was falling in love with her mind more than anything, I guess, or her spirit, because hadn't spoken to her, had never seen her. At the time the magazine wasn't even running a picture of the various writers as they do now. Uh So I didn't know what she even looked like other than, you know, I would ask her to describe, you know, and I got very minimal information (laughs) out of her at at that point. But I was falling in love with the person. And this is something that actually I'm, I'm quite thankful for because in all of my other romantic experiences it had always been the physical that i was drawn to in a person first yeah and here was what eventually became falling in love with a person that that i didn't know in the physical at all the listeners are going to think i have three eyes or something (laughs) (laughs) no uh, imagine my delight when we finally did meet and yeah tell us about that i was just wondering like you're developing really you know when you say you're 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 attached by what you see. I mean, that's really, to be fair to everybody, that's what happens for most people is you do see them. I guess you can communicate online or, you know, whatever, perhaps a, a dating site or something. But generally speaking, you see somebody and yes. then you t- maybe talk to them and then you get to know what they're about. Right. But yours is the complete opposite. And on such a deep level, talking about meaningful things, yes. things of the Lord. So how long did that relationship happen before the two of you actually met in person? Maybe six or nine months before we met. I took a drive up to, to Michigan to see him. Okay. Uh, yeah. From Philadelphia. So <laughs> so what was that like, the first meeting? It certainly put me at ease because I've always been afraid to 
pick up my end of the conversation with a man, and I didn't have to worry about that at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Would, yeah, it was it was really wonderful. Just, were there angels and singing and clouds? And, <laughs> nothing like that, but it was almost kind of surreal after imagining this person for as long as it had been, months, and, you know, wondering about her, and then to see her, and... She's a, a beautiful lady. Bonus. It was yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was the ice cake. Uh, it it was wonderful to see this delicate woman walk into my life through the the visiting room door. Was there a minute there where there were other visitors and you're like, is that her? Is that her? Or was it was it clearly like there's well, only one person? Well, actually, she was standing behind a I think it was a family or a group of people that were all together and waiting for somebody else, and she was behind them. And so when the doors opened for visitors to come in, all I could see were these people in the front. And, I, yeah, I was looking, trying to figure out if one of them was her. And that they and brought was the whole nothing, family. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And there was nothing really attractive to me in that first group of people. And then as they cleared away, I saw this this woman standing by herself kind of, craning her neck to see into the, the room, and right away I knew it was, was That's her. like a movie. You have to admit. That's like <laughs> yeah, a movie it, because it, the audience is watching. They're like, oh, look at all those people. Is it one of those? And then the, the seas part, <laughs> and there's a lady lost at the airport looking for her flight with her bag, and there she is right in the middle. It was as exciting as well, any movie. Well, the angels saw it anyway. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So that was the first of... A number of visits to Philly to Michigan yeah, is not yeah. a, a quick trip. Right. right. <laughs> and I was up in the UP for a lot of that, up in the upper peninsula of Michigan. So that's from Detroit, where I'm originally from. Uh, that's another oh, six, eight hours, uh, depending on where you're going in the UP. It could be 10 hours from wow. Detroit. So it's, yeah, it's almost oh, as long from Detroit up to where I was at in the Upper Peninsula as it was from Pennsylvania to, to Michigan. Wow. So it was quite a trip that she, she would make to come see me about three times a year yeah. for the remaining years, which is another six years or so. And, the, and at that point in your sentence, was there no chance it was going to be less than the 12 years? Right. My time was 12 to 22 the 12 wasn't any kind of a guarantee. That was the minimum I had to do. That's when I first could see the parole board. So wow. it could have been you know, 18 years or it could have been 22 years that they kept me in there. It's just based on what the parole board wants to do. So well, it was very indefinite as far as when I was going to get out and you know, kind of the expectation that Andre would be faithfully waiting for me and not get interested in other men was something that was in the back of my mind, but there was something about the bond that we had that I'd already grown to, to trust her in, in that respect. So I didn't lose any sleep over that. Yeah. But of well, course, for her, that was had to be a challenging I'm, thing. I was going to ask you, Andre, about that, because it's, at some point in the story, it's dawning on you maybe how you feel about each other mm -hmm. and then doing the math. And thinking without getting too far ahead of yourself, yeah. it's, it's probably a lesson for people in general about when you think you know what's coming. But the thing is, I was a widow for 14 years, and I wasn't looking, so I, it was easy to wait because I hadn't been looking. 
But know? not at the time we met. It wasn't no, 14 it years. No, it wasn't 14 years yet, but all total, it was 14 yeah. years. All right, David Peterson, Andre Sue Peterson, coming down the home stretch of telling part two of their story back in just a bit. It's the Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560 WFIL. Live and local. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. It's 445 on AM 560 WFIL. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. Thanks for tuning in. Kind of cloudy the rest of the afternoon into the evening. As the sun fades, we go down to 70 with some drizzle possible, maybe a shower. Then tomorrow on the cloudy, rainy side, a couple thunder showers likely high 78. Uh, just before we continue on with our conversation here with David and Andre uh, Peterson, uh, tomorrow we're looking forward to a gentleman named Dan Wheeler joining us in studio. He's uh, another local gentleman. Uh, you know, David and Andre are local, but uh Dan, you may have heard of him. He was an on-air host for QVC for almost 30 years. His wife, Beth, battled cancer for three years before she passed away about this time several years ago. Dan's written a book called Hurricane of Love. So we're going to talk with him about that, hear his and Beth's story, uh, some of the other folks that we are looking at having on the program in the near term. Toby Mack, formerly of DC Talk, he has a new CD coming out. Want to have him on to talk about that. Maybe you can see if we can get some copies to give away uh, in the music line of things. Sarah Groves, a singer-songwriter, been in the Christian music world for a lot of years. Uh, she's great. She's got a lot to say, and we're hoping to have her on. In fact, have a contest tied to that. We were emailing with her PR people this morning about that. Uh, also in the music line of things, Jonathan Schneck of Reliant K. Great band. Uh, he also happens to work for... Uh, one of the programs that airs on WFIL. So that's just several of the guests and uh, kind of a neat angle also to keep an ear out for. There's a gentleman named Michael Guido who affectionately goes just by the name Guido. And he knows pretty much everybody in the Christian music world. God has a, a great testimony. You know, he, he does with the Lord and um, he's a road pastor. So he's traveled with a lot of these artists and knows how hard it can be on marriages and everything else, on the family when the when the bands are you know, on, on the road. And uh, so we're going to talk with him about that. His wife, Celeste, it depends. They may be in Philly and may be able to come in studio. They're they're in Nashville right now, but they may, uh, where they live, but they're in Philly every now and again. So we're hoping to have those guys on also because they uh, can speak to a lot of uh, neat dynamics, including how a husband and wife can minister together and not just uh, not just separately. So there's just, uh, you know, a smattering of those lines we have in the water, and we'll keep you posted how that's all going to play out uh, day by day. We appreciate your prayers, too, by the way, for this program. We enjoy doing it. And uh, let me give you our number also, 800-560-WFIL. If you don't have that handy or haven't written it down before, put it in your phone. Do that if you would, 800 560 93 Four five because we do contests every now and again, and some of the days instead of a kind of an interview based thing, we're going to have more of a, a topic or back and forth uh, kind of a situation with you being able to call in and bounce ideas off each other. Also, my email if you want to reach me that way is timmy d at wfil dot com. T i m m y d at WFIL.com. Uh, if you're just tuning in, you're catching us at the very end of our, our, our couple of days here now with David Peterson, originally from Detroit, now living in Montgomery County with his wife, Andre Sue Peterson. She writes for World Magazine and has for many years. Um, sharing his testimony, that yeah, was yesterday, more about how the Lord worked in his life and brought him through uh, overcoming addiction to drugs and time in prison. 
and then and he wound up meeting Andre as a you know through he got World Magazine actually in prison and got to know her that way by reading her material and then wrote to her and then a correspondence was formed and then a relationship was forged and uh, then you know the emotional part started the romantic side came about as God would see fit so that's where we were right before the break you guys basically you know knew you were interested in each other you're making all these trips back and forth Andre but you also kind of knew you weren't in any hurry necessarily yeah, that's right enjoy and the I was process. enjoying the correspondence. We actually could have married in prison. And when I proposed to her, uh, eventually, there was a number of years yet before I was going to reach my 12-year point. And so uh, there were some guys that would do that. But I just didn't want her to have the memory of getting married in a prison visiting room. You know, I wanted a real, not extravagant wedding, but a pleasant wedding, not in that place of incarceration and I needed to be out uh, of there for a bit just for my own head before entering into marriage and we were engaged for a long time this wasn't like a rush thing and as soon as I got out of prison we we rushed into marriage and while you were in prison God had uh, things for you to do there were people who were saved through their relationship with you that was not wasted years any more than it was for Joseph in Pharaoh's prison, you know, under dis- different circumstances. But, you know, there's a whole other story about the people who you led to the Lord. Well, the thing that was good about prison, besides what the Lord was doing personally in my life, was when he set me free from the obsessive thinking and compulsive kind of behavior, I didn't use it all. Not once when I was locked up, but prior to that, I guess I've already talked about the fact that I used to think about using constantly. And when God finally freed me from that, I made a commitment to God that it was going to be an all or nothing kind of deal with him, a, a walk of commitment. And I meant that sincerely. Now, I have to say that As sincere as I was, I learned that over time that was something that would develop my commitment to God. You think you're 100%, but after after that initial agreement with God, covenant, there was still room to grow into what I was committing to. And that's what I found throughout the rest of the time in prison. And, and that, that drugs m- were available there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Drugs okay. were, were very easy to get in prison. And that moment that you had said you want to remind me that the moment of, of really saying, I don't want to be this person anymore. If I have to, I'd rather be dead. What point was that in your with yeah, near the that, beginning? That was in when I was in the county jail waiting to be sentenced. Okay. So before you headed to prison for what was going to be minimum 12 years. Yes. Did you know it at the time it was going to be at least 12 years coming up? No, didn't know what I was going to get. But I can tell you that God had so stilled my heart, gave me a sense of peace that even on the, the day of sentencing, I was very much, whatever you're going to give me, Lord, I'm okay with because I know that you have my best interest at heart. And so, of course, I was anxious of what was going to happen, but... Really, there was a, that peace that passes understanding that Scripture talks about. I really experienced that in a very practical way. I just was able to go in there, and when the judge sentenced me, I actually thanked him 
And I meant it. I, okay, I, I know that he's, he's doing what God has determined for me, and so I can't be angry at him for this. And it was a, a harsh sentence. And he said they're doing it to make an example and that kind of thing. But I have to say that God gave me the kind of peace that I was able to just accept that without emotional trauma or crisis or Wow. So when I went into prison, I guess I was committed to the Lord in a way that was as 100% as I knew how to be in the moment. And as a result of that, I think, he did use me in many different circumstances. For the next 12? For, for the people, yeah, yeah for, for the 12, the 12 years. years, dealing with people in crisis. And, and I ended up becoming an elder of the in-prison church. As a result of that, had some threats on my life as well. But God was always there. He was always there to rescue me from from whatever danger I might be in. See, whenever I hear people who have threats on their life, you know, I, I or I'll talk to somebody who's who's lived in another country or someone who's even served in the military and just you know their their experience has been hearing a bomb, uh, you know, a half a mile away or something. I can't fathom that. I can't fathom what it would be like. Uh, you know, I, I lock our doors and I check all, everything at night. Yeah. Not because yeah. I'm afraid, but I'm trying to be, I don't want to assume anything. So I'll go down, even yes. if I'm kind of tired, I'll go downstairs, lock the back, you know, sliding glass door and lock this front door and double check, even though I feel like just staying in bed and sleeping. And that's just trying to be cautious, you know. I, I mean, I haven't had any real reason to feel any kind of, fear for that mm-hmm. I, I when i hear someone say something like someone you know has a hit on my life i'd be like curl up in a fetal position and just <laughs> you know keep out of everybody's way and just wait for time to go by i mean how does that's another level of having to trust god but the thing is tim that when you're in that moment god provides the grace necessary for it if i were to know what things were going to face me prior, uh, if, if I knew what was coming up, I would be in a fetal position too, probably. Yeah. It's not that I'm this brave person, but in the face of danger or death, God supplies the grace that's needed to get through that and to stand strong in it. And this is why martyrs of the early church would be marched to their death and they'd be singing hymns to the Lord being tied to a stake and praising God, about to be lit on fire. Yeah, uh, it's true. That's the way that God works. And so it's a, a wonderful thing to experience that. Yeah. Amen. This has a, been a great story, and I'm guessing that after the dust settles a little bit, there might be a, a reason to say, let's have another conversation about, maybe we could pick an aspect of whether it made your time in prison and dig deeper into that. Mm-hmm. Or also how God's used your marriage. Now, you've been married how many years? Six and a half. Six and a half. Six the ministry. and a half and yeah. clean for 18 and a half years. Wow. Thank yeah. the Lord. That's really something. <laughs> yes, it is. After 30-odd years of addiction, it's a wonderful thing. Yeah. Well, we're also working at it. I don't know if I told you this. You know, the program's just about a month old, and it's been a, a, a real joy and a lot of work honestly just organizing and having people come in or all call in but it's been a pleasure and one of the things we're working on hopefully in the next 
couple of weeks is having um, the programs available as a podcast so people could listen and go mm-hmm. back. Because in your particular case, it's going to take more digesting. Most of the guests that we have on is, you know, it's a shorter segment, but uh-huh. you have a story to tell, a longer story, which is, and so it'll be nice that people could go, you know, to our site and download it and listen to the context for it. I'm a big huh. context guy. I like it. You know, I don't yes. want people to be like, what was he talking about? What? What? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah. and especially when you have a story like yours, it'd be good for people to, at their leisure, be able to listen. So, looking forward to that too. That's great. Yeah. Thank you for coming in and uh, thank the Lord for the work he's been doing and Amen. keeps doing. Amen. Amen. Very yes. good. <laughs> good, Jim. All right. David Peterson, Andre Sue Peterson, our guest today. Um, by the way, mentioned working on those podcasts, just to give you a heads up of shows we've had or interviews in the first month on the air. We've been grateful to have folks like uh, David Akers, a Hall of Fame kicker for the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, Rob Motti, who's the head sports writer for the Associated Press in Philadelphia um, regarding the Eagles and Phillies. And he wrote a book called uh, Birds of Prey and talked about the Eagles Super Bowl season, but also from kind of the Christian perspective in terms of the players and their eyes on things. Uh, we had Matthew Newell, the director of the Family Hope Center. As a side note, they have a training conference this coming Uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, tomorrow through Saturday. If you go to the Philadelphia Discount Shopping Club on our website, even on short notice, if you've heard about it and thought about taking advantage of that, they actually have a half-price conference admission through the Philadelphia Discount Shopping Club. So go to WFIL.com and find out how you can pick that up. Uh, Gary G. Cobb, Cobb gcobb.com, former Eagle. He was on with us. Uh, A lot of other folks in our community from churches, churches, you know, we've had uh, Matt Rosenfeld from Davisville Church in Southampton. And um, the goal is to, is to you know, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should have uh, life, uh, should not perish, but have everlasting life. And so I try to live life that way and look, whether it's someone who's famous and well-known, someone who's everyday, whatever, we're made in God's image. So we have eternal value. And uh, I think if you take time to listen, sometimes you can see some pretty amazing things and see how God's at work right under our noses. And so uh, this program is hopefully a blend of that where you're going to see some local folks and um, some national spotlight types or whatever, everything in between, but all hopefully pointing you and encouraging you in your walk with God. We're done for today. Going to uh, turn things over to Jim Maxim from Acts 413 Ministries. He's going to pray, and then we'll have things with the, the Alistair Begg and Truth for Life. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.